Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. Today, we're talking about one thing and one thing only. It's very special. It's a very big, momentous occasion, and probably not one uh, that you expected, Tommy. It is, of course, WTF1's 10th birthday. Of course, Tom Bellingham, the founder, is with me. How are you, Tommy? Are you doing well? 10 years. I know. I'm doing all right, yeah. it's. I'm looking forward to the the week ahead. It's going to be a bit of a crazy one. It's going to be a very surreal week, I think, realising that it's been 10 years since starting this thing and how far we've come. It's pretty awesome. No one really realises it's 10 years. Everybody thought, well, not everybody, but some people obviously know that WTF1 has been around for a very long time. Other people thought it started when the YouTube channel started. Mm. And it's crazy to see the the different kinds of, of viewers, fans, listeners, whatever, that have kind of come in at different stages and don't really know the full history of, of WTF1. So I guess maybe just run through just very briefly how it all started, I guess. Yeah, and I, I guess people, you know, the the running joke is that I'm 16 as well. So people probably going 10 years, how, how you started it when you were six, what? Um, so <laughs> You had yeah. a laptop in your mother's <laughs> womb. Yeah, so I guess quick run through. 2010, university. I love F1, absolutely, obviously. You know, I'm not I'm not a business man. It was never an intention to be like a business. It was just, I absolutely love F1. It's my favorite sport. All I want to do is talk about it all the time because I'm passionate and a fanboy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I just set up a Tumblr back then in 2010, blogged about F1, just wrote my thoughts down on things and just shared random funny articles and concept liveries and all that kind of thing. And it just grew and grew, started doing social media posts for it. And then in twenty end of 2016, it got bought by Car Throttle. And then that's when we met. We did. Wasn't it? We came together for the first time. The Indeed. godly Tommy WTF1. Yeah, oh, I remember back in the day, even if I'd ever get a like from WTF1. Because you didn't follow me. It's fine. Whatever. I'm over it. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, get a like and you think, oh, that's WTF1. They liked it. That must be. That, that was a small achievement in my books. Anyway, uh, we're, obviously, we're not going to go straight into the history of it. We're also going to just talk about some questions that, that you, the fans, have, have sent in. Uh, and we're going to answer them right now. So firstly, let's mention, actually, before we get into that, uh, the charity race that we're doing. So we are holding, hosting a... 10-year charity or 10th anniversary charity race uh, on iRacing, 5th of June, Friday, uh, starting at 4.30, maybe probably, I reckon the stream will probably start around 5 actually, uh, where we're having a solo endurance race uh, around Silverstone in GT3 and GT4 cars, and then we're diving in for a celebrity slash driver uh, race uh, around Laguna Seca in the F3 car, so make sure you, you keep an eye out for that, and now let's dive into your questions. So... 10 years, can't believe it. I mean, I haven't been here for all the 10 years. I've been here for, God, what is it now? Three and a half? Yeah, three yeah. and a half yeah, years. Yeah, three and almost. a half years, wow. Um, at Aaron Gillard, Gillard, sorry, underscore 17 says, to Tommy. Shocking. Well, okay, didn't want to. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> sorry, I'll just be question master. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't start WTF1 10 years ago, what do you think you would be doing? Oh, my God. That's such a difficult one because... Uh, I genuinely think I'd just have a really normal nine to five because honestly, like I said said before, I'm not I'm not this clever business person that knew how to grow anything. It was genuinely just because I love F one. So 
it, I don't I cannot imagine me it's it's pretty much like F one or nothing for me really. So um cannot imagine it. How how do you think your career would be different? I mean I guess you'd still be oh. doing the 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 raging on the old F one <laughs> game maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I it's it's a weird one because obviously I never expected this job to come up. You know, I didn't know, you know, WTF1 was never a YouTube channel. It's not like I had a goal no. to become the presenter. It was very much a case of like, we've got this opportunity. And then obviously I jumped at it from there, but oh God, I don't know. I, I genuinely, obviously I would have done my own channel and, you know, I would have probably done that on the side, but I, I'd never have been able to self-sustain from that. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I honestly know, have it? no idea, and that's that's the crazy thing. I'd obviously love to have been in F one, but that was always a a, a very far fetched dream in my head. So yeah, it's it's a weird one. I think I probably would have just been forced into doing maybe working with young people as I did before. I don't mm. know. I think but because it, we're it's both scary. Yeah, because I think we're both from the same kind of not not fell into it, but essentially like we're doing it because we're passionate about formula one and love formula one and that's why we've got to where we are we we didn't say right i want to be a formula one journalist or i want to be a broadcaster and go to study that kind of thing and then work your way up it was very much like you say so it's so so it's so hard to answer that question because it was never this was never my intention to be my career (laughs) obviously i absolutely love the fact that it is yeah but it was never my intention it's such a weird thing, isn't it? That I, I can't believe that I'm in this job, being able to work for such a, an amazing brand that's caused ripples throughout the F1 community, and that you know the drivers know of what we do and things like that. You know, it's just completely and utterly ridiculous when I look at it from the outside because I'm just an F1 fan. You're just an F1 fan, and it's 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 just mental to think that you know firstly this brand has been around for 10 years but also the fact that we both get to live our dreams and then show that in the content that we produce so yeah i don't think anybody can really say that we don't appreciate the position that we're in we hope that we do our content justice for everybody that is listening slash watching obviously only listening today because tommy you reminded me before we went live that people aren't seeing us it's just just listening but um but yeah it's 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 amazing Uh, at Tuami underscore M says, give us a history of how this came together. Obviously, we've we've mentioned up until, I guess, YouTube channel um, of how everything came together. Uh, from there, I, I guess, obviously, the YouTube channel was very much came out of nowhere. Nobody really expected it. Nobody expected me to come on board. And, and, and from there, I guess the team evolved and changed and you know the the question was how members came and possibly went as well obviously we've had we had Jess for the majority of it she's now gone uh, over to Motorsport Network um we've 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 had we have Dan who's been part Dan Thorne who's been part of the website for god how long has Dan been part of the website oh god um so I've known Dan since about 2011 and he's been writing kind of guest posts and then obviously now full-time writing for it since about 2014 15 something like that i could be wrong so he's been here a long time as well yeah long-standing member and, and some people don't realize when they look and, and that's fair enough when you look at wtf1 some people assume oh they're a massive corporation when in reality there's there's me there's you there's dan and then we, we have a video editor. That, that's that's pretty much it isn't it at the moment so uh, absolutely yeah we have uh, so obviously we were we were owned by Car Throttle, then Dennis Publishing, and now uh, Talk Esports. And um, yeah, the good thing the good thing the position we are in now with with Talk Esports is they're kind of letting us do our own thing. 
uh, but also giving us the support we need to help grow of course but we're still very much like you say it's a surprise to some people when they think that it's such a small team and we're all doing bits and bobs here and there because we're such a small team like everything you see on wtf1 is all us so it's not a job description is it really that we can kind of uh uh, put on one page anyway uh let's move on to our time at wtf1 uh, at R Dunn Zero says, which is your favourite F1 driver collab slash interview that WTF1 has done? Uh, I mean, I, I, this is probably one of the most popular questions I get uh, from from a lot of people because you know they want to know exactly you know which ones did we enjoy the most. For for me, obviously, I've been involved in all of them because it's usually been well, I say all of them, most of them because uh, it's usually been uh, for for content on the channel or whatever, but. Uh, it, it can go no further than Danny Rick, really. For me, you know, Danny Rick is uh, as amazing off camera as he is on camera. In fact, probably even more uh, hilarious when the cameras are off. So, uh, for me, hands down, Danny Rick. Very not not only is he funny and he enjoy, you know, he makes really good content with us, and you can just kind of get on with him. But he also he also listens. He also is interested in how we got to where we are, and and, and he asks questions. And that's one of the things that I always kind of measure drivers not measure but you, you kind of work out whether or not a driver's interested in one what you're going to be interviewing them about or doing with them but also if they're just generally kind of interested in what where you are where you've come from what you've been doing etc so for me Danny's one of those people that, that ask questions and and that's something that's so nice about him and that's that's where the rapport's built and and, it, and it's really really easy from there so that that's yeah. probably mine yeah absolutely I mean i I would go the same. I think it's the the very first interview we did with Daniel Ricciardo in 2018, was it? Start of, no, sorry, end 17. of 2017. Um, yeah, I think you have to kind of... While, while we very much mention how it's still so surreal for us to be doing this and that's and it's now halfway through 2020, imagine what it was like at the end of 2017 and that that whole day the fact that exactly like you said that the whole Danny Rick interview it wasn't just rock up turn on camera and then the second the camera's off he walks off you know we had a whole evening with him beforehand where he got to know us and we had a a good laugh and a chat with him and then we spent the next day with him doing the video and I'll never forget just you you can tell when someone's being genuine and he was really genuinely like a lovely and caring nice person to us and genuinely wanted to know what we were up to what we've been out and I even remember when we we because we were on the same flight back and he made sure we got all our bags and stuff and made sure we were getting home all right and kind of gave us a hug goodbye and said uh, you know thanks for being the cool guys of F1 and stuff it's you know awesome yeah which is even just saying that it's obviously I'm not going to make this a Danny Rick kiss ass podcast but at the same time that's that genuine that genuinity is that a word i don't know yeah, yeah. genuineness well um, genuineness yeah, uh, yeah. genuinity that um that he was showing with, yeah. with you know with asking questions it's just a general just a general person and yeah. and that was just so refreshing um to to, to have to, to work with so yeah. yeah for sure that was 100% the one of the the top top moments 
We interrupt this WTF1 podcast very briefly to chat about this week's sponsor. We've had them before. It's Beer 52, and they're offering a free case of eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 and cover the £5.95 for postage. Each case is delivered direct to your doorstep, so no need to leave the house. Looking to stock up? Now's your chance. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every month. Each month's case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea and all over the USA and Europe. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Don't worry, though, if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. And remember, you have to be over 18 years old. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1 to get your first case of eight beers for £5.95. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTF1. And remember, you have to be over 18. Let's get back to the WTF1 podcast. At Anthony White. J10, what's your proudest achievement at WTF1? Hmm. Um, I mean, achievements can be measured in a lot of ways. I think yeah. well, the, the Danny Rick one in terms of an experience was, of course, uh, one of our proudest achievements because of how early we were into into the into the whole life cycle of the channel and whatnot. Mm. But also, when you look at other achievements like driving the F1 car, but then I don't see that more as really is an achievement so much it was an amazing opportunity and the video was great but i don't see that as the biggest achievement for us i think mm. i think that's coming up i think that's when we hit half a million subscribers on youtube that will be my personal proudest achievement because obviously that's where most of my efforts have gone into is the youtube channel um but yeah i think maybe up until that point 100k was was an amazing thing to to then receive the plaque yeah uh but yeah i think it, as an actual milestone it has to be 100k what about you Oh god, it's really difficult. Um I think there's a couple. I think Silverstone last year in terms of I guess that was again yeah, I think there's yeah. an opportunity about most surprising moment as well and stuff and and yeah, the Silverstone last year actually getting to meet people. I think we've said it so many times that you're we're always looking at numbers behind a screen and you know, we love to refresh to see how a video is doing in the early days and see if it's doing well and we get excited about it because we want to you know do do well and succeed um but sometimes you can get lost in those numbers and you kind of almost forget there it's like a metric and not real people but when we went to silverstone and i remember you turning up and you're going oh is a driver here and all these guys were like it turned up to come say hello and chat to us and it was like this is un believable and that for me was so unbelievably surreal and just very rewarding to see how much a brand that essentially we put our heart and soul into does actually mean a lot to people yeah yeah definitely i I agree with that that was as you say so ridiculous because some people might even go as far to say that we're a little bit arrogant or you know we we just you know strut around and whatnot but we couldn't be further from that and that that i think when i said to you is there a driver here that kind of just showed how how we kind of unexpect our own brand i guess in some ways and 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 the amount of people that that love to to engage with our content and stuff and that was just yeah that was one of the most surreal days ever because then people were queuing up in a very orderly queue and people (laughs) someone someone thought i was selling tickets 
So they they jumped the queue and came up to me and were like, "Oh, are you selling tickets for this?" And I was like, "No, no, no, I'm not." I, you, what? <laughs> <laughs> so because obviously there were people queuing up, it was, oh, it was so strange. But um, but yeah, that that was definitely another highlight for sure. Um, and yeah, as I say, like if if anyone's listening that's that said hello to us or whatever, it it means the absolute world just to know that we're associated with WTF one. And for me, I always give my time to whoever comes and says hello because for me you're the reason i'm in this job so i will never take that for granted yeah, until the day i die and and that's that's definitely something that uh, i hold very close to my heart and and I, I i absolutely appreciate everybody that that gives us love um yeah sometimes we don't get love even though we kind of deserve love <laughs> but anyway <laughs> yeah 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 we do get the odd uh the odd hate message which comes as part of it i guess the more you grow the more more haters you're going to get when, exactly. when people dislike you, you uh, people you're say then they right. do you're doing something right so yeah exactly anyway. now this next question is from an ex-wtf1 <laughs> member ali bullock at dr underscore underscore ali b what's been your favorite trip with wtf1 now i think that he's tearing us up to say something that involved him uh what has been my favorite I, I, trip i know i was thinking this it's really difficult this i point. think mine genuinely was the first time I went to Monaco and I had the uh, the, the the drive with Nico Hulkenberg in the new Megane, and we were the, what, the we, we were the only press in the world to get that opportunity on that day, which was ridiculous in in itself. Um, but just arriving at Monaco and the the place where we were was so high up uh, in one of these like hospitality Renault things, and you could see down the start finish straight into Turn One all the way up the hill and stuff. And I just remember standing there and I was with uh, another cameraman that that's, uh, that left as well, uh, George Peck. And I was there with him. And I remember there was about an hour, hour and a half left before we had to leave. And I genuinely just stood looking out for about an hour, just going, we need to soak this in, mate. Genuinely, we are never going to get this opportunity again. Just soak it. Be a sponge yeah. right now. Yeah. This is an experience that, yeah, we're, we're never going to experience again. And I just remember that was one of the things that just hit me and I was like, uh, this is pretty cool. Yeah, I like this. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. What what would be yours, Tommy? Uh, oh, it's difficult because we've had some amazing opportunities. Uh, in the early days, we had uh, Le Mans was a great one where we thought it, it was all very new and exciting. And obviously we, we got the Aston Martin that they lent us to drive to Le Mans. And we used me, you and Ali, and we we're very much like, we're getting paid to drive an aston martin to le mans and then have fun and just it was quite a like a chilled out thing (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but the um it's weird because baku for me is like such an amazing thing that we've done for the last couple of years it's actually very weird to think Mm. that we'd be on our way there now because that was going to be this weekend i believe um it's a difficult one because also the baku trip is so draining and we put in so much work like it's really long days and really long nights but oh my god uh, the baku yeah Baku yeah, week is it just deadly. you know seven seven full days of you know can't even be legal i swear just like non-stop work yeah, yeah, yeah. um and yeah i mean the first time we did that we it was all kind of so almost like overwhelming that there was so much that it's like we're in the paddock we're interviewing drivers we had drivers coming up to us to say hello that we'd not even spoken to before because they knew who we were we had fans um coming up to us that was probably the first time that we had fans coming up to us saying like oh my god i love wtf1 uh you're from wtf1 aren't you yeah and and 
genuinely like the the end of that trip it really hit me and i was just like that that was one of the first times that i genuinely thought wow wtf1 has really like made an impact here yeah indeed it had yeah. uh, i think this next question links in quite nicely to that trip as well at mini ninja 231 says what's the most surprising opportunity you've had because of wtf1 now obviously everybody's going to think i'm going to go with the formula one drive because <laughs> It's the Formula One drive. However, that opportunity actually came through my personal email and was going to X Matty G, which was my personal channel. So I am not classing that as a WTF1 opportunity. That was something I had grinded for and somehow <laughs> looked into uh, to a French agency reaching out to me. Uh, but but for me, personally, on, on, on a career level, I guess, is that Baku trip when I was uh, given the opportunity to do the pit lane walk and the Stage. autograph sessions. Yeah, yeah, wow. I I just I I couldn't believe that they said yeah can you do the pit lane walk I'm going me I would be the person in the pit lane walk listening to whoever's talking and now they want me to talk about what's going on in the pit I genuinely that was the most surreal thing for me on a on a career level because I if you take me four years ago I would I would be lucky to. To, to go to a Formula One race or, or whatever, and you know, I, I'd absolutely love the Silverstone weekend. And then, you, then, then I'm there in Baku, an absolute pleb, talking about what's going on in in the Formula One pit lane. It was just the most ridiculous thing ever. I just remember going to bed that night thinking, "What on earth just happened?" Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that was that was mad. Yeah, the stage as well that we did, like like you say, the the autograph stage, and we're all there. We did it two years in a row three years ago i can't remember yeah. um but yeah that that whole trip like it was me me you jess on the stage and then jason who is a, is a freelance photographer and it was the best man at my wedding and my best mate so that was really surreal as well to think wow uh you know i i've been the the guy that's queued up it to meet damon hill for like seven hours at silverstone <laughs> uh, and now i'm here stood next to all the drivers as they're coming in and and you know speaking to them and stuff like that was absolutely surreal but another weird uh, i guess surprising opportunity for me this is a little bit meta i guess but it's probably when i think about it doing this podcast because if anyone knows the kind of early days of WTF1, I very much stayed anonymous. Um, wasn't really particularly fond of <laughs> chatting openly and yeah. uh, and kind of, especially on camera, like I never would have believed to have been on camera or anything hmm. like that. Um, so, so to be able to do a podcast and yeah, have people come up to me when I, I'm at a racetrack and say, oh, keep doing what you're doing on the podcast. I absolutely love it. Really love listening to it. I think as F1 fans, I'm sure you'll agree, it is absolutely still so bizarre and everyone is now doing this as I'm speaking to listen to us just chat about Formula One. I could never have imagined that would be part of my job. Just chatting about F1 that I love and people tune in, like thousands of people watch the videos where we're just chatting about F1 and how much we love it. It's insane, really. Yeah. Oh, God, it's lovely. I'm lovely enjoying stuff. this podcast. I uh, hope everybody else is too, and it doesn't seem like we're just going, oh, well, our jobs are amazing. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Right, we had a lot of questions about Jack Aitken. At Chris Lickley says, how did the partnership relationship with Jack Aitken come about? I think you're probably the best to, to answer that one, Tommy. Uh, yeah, so when I was doing the old, the old Tumblr days, 
just blogging and stuff, I thought it'd be cool to have a racing driver give their kind of insight and just blog about them being a racing driver because I thought people would find it interesting. So um, I knew James who worked, who did the social media for Jack. I met him through an agency of competition that he was doing or something, stayed in touch with him, said, have you got any racing drivers that fancy blogging for WTF1? He was like, oh, there's this guy called Jack Aitken. I was like, is he good? He's like, yeah, he's good. And then he... (laughs) ended up yeah winning races in Renault Euro Cup this was and then the year after obviously we stuck a WTF1 sticker on his car as a way for him to get a bit of uh, us to get a little bit of exposure him to get a little bit of exposure as well so we could share his story and it kind of like had that partnership where because people like the brand they were like oh cool he's got WTF1 on his car I'm going to support him and um, that just kind of became this partnership and then it's it's mad to think that he's now an f2 driver and an f1 reserve driver still with those stickers on on his car it's crazy yeah it is mad to see in f2 races seeing his seeing wtf1 logo on there i just i can't believe it's there to be honest it's, it's so m- cool yeah and it's really nice that um i really i really like the the story with jack that we've kind of grown together in terms of like wtf1's getting bigger and more successful Mm. and he's getting bigger and more successful at the same time and we've both kind of gone up in the world of f1 together which is really nice there we go jack aitken future f1 world champion oh yeah first (laughs) lovely uh but yeah and jack can be a nicer guy either you know he's such a such a warm lad isn't he you, you can you just know you can get on with him i you know i call him baby cakes you know i, I no, it's yeah, just chill yeah. isn't it like yeah exactly he's uh he, he's definitely one of if he didn't if he wasn't a racing driver i'd like to think he'd be in the wtf1 team doing something or other 100 uh, percent. you almost almost forget um that he is a racing driver because you know we were me and you were messing about on iRacing the other day and you just dropped me a message saying like oh if you ever play iRacing again fancy it and then you know you just jumped on and we were just hot lapping and having a laugh together so yeah, yeah great he's a good lad. good lad very good lad right let's go on to some quick fire random questions now at baldy mark zero five if any car manufacturers could join f1 who would you like to join Ooh. audi nice who would you go for uh toyota again they're my f- no. favorite manufacturer okay. instead Fair. so all right cool love the brand uh, one on back <laughs> At F1 KTA, Lando Norris world champion or save Williams F1? Save That's Williams F1. Easiest answer in the world. I, I saw that and I was like, of what course, kind of question is that? Yeah, yeah. We but, need but Williams, Williams on. We need Williams on the grid. They're a historic F1 team, and they mean you know they mean a lot to the sport. They mean a lot to me. Without getting too sentimental, that you know they were Damon they Hill's team when I when I started watching, and it is such a such a shame to see how badly it's gone. And it would be absolutely awful if they left because they are such a historic team. It, it's it's un it's unbelievable to think that they could not exist anymore. When I grew up, when I first started watching, they were they were what Mercedes the they were what yeah. Mercedes are doing now. You couldn't you couldn't beat them. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it'd be crazy. awful. So yeah, save Williams F one. Lando's very much firmly on the grid. He'll be fine. Uh, the future at Jelloff Twenty One. What's the one dream or ultimate collab? Well, I mean, for me, it would be for Michael Schumacher to get better and then to do an interview with him. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that doesn't. We don't have any news, so we don't know what's going on with that. But um, 
more, maybe more reachable is is Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, doing something doing something with Lewis Hamilton, having a sit down chat and game with him or whatever that would be that would be the dream dream thing for for me personally anyway and it sounded like you agreed as well Tommy yeah I wrote Lewis Hamilton down I think you know you can you can claim that we're British bias and fans of him but you know there's no denying he's an absolute legend of the sport and will be remembered forever long into the future with everything that he's doing kind of on and off the track so yeah absolutely it'd be amazing if we could have some time with him and then if not a current driver it would be cool maybe someone from my era like a Mika Hakkinen or something maybe would be would be cool what about yeah I'd like N- Nigel Mansell drivers? if it was a, a, yeah. an older driver maybe Nigel Mansell um or oh. yeah Nigel Mansell Damon Hill yeah uh I would yeah have, it's a diff- yeah. difficult one but yeah. yeah I mean you'd love Damon Hill but absolutely um <laughs> yeah shaking intensifies <laughs> uh at underscore Jason F1 where do you see WTF1 another 10 years from now Jesus, oh, I mean that's wow. a long time. It is a you, long you'll time. You'll be you'll be finishing a GCSEs then, won't you, Tommy? Yeah, exactly. No, <laughs> that's a it's a really difficult question because you know I've said it so many times that we, we do have a plan and a kind of structure and what we want to achieve, but also at the same time, we it's almost it does feel like a blag sometimes that we're just I guess because it comes so naturally to us to just be who we are and that and it's not an act for us to be like this because we love formula one if i I had to do a football podcast even though well i love football but not as as much so it'd be difficult for me to kind of express it but whereas it kind of comes through in the content that we are fans and will always be fans so yeah i think now, now we've got well now we're under kind of new ownership it's going really well so far and you know we're getting a lot more uh, resource and the things we need um, that's already apparent on the YouTube channel like we've had some great videos recently and stuff and yeah I very much want to keep growing but also staying relatable and indie I guess at the same time which is very important to me to not you know I don't we don't want to be F1 and as big as F1 themselves we want to be that kind of relatable fan page that people can get involved with and you know, still have me and you jumping in on discords and laughing that someone sounds like Pierre Gasly on the uh, Discord chat and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, for context, we uh, we had a we well we, we have a WTF one Discord channel now. If you didn't know, and uh, we sometimes just post that we're going in the Discord general chat uh, voice channel, and then everybody joins. And then there was someone that sounded very much like Pierre Gasly, uh, who I called out, and then everybody was like, "Oh yeah, does sound like Pierre Gasly." So yeah, just a bit of banter like that. Uh, for me, yeah, it's very difficult to know where WTF will be in the next three years, let alone ten. Um, yeah, true. So, obviously, we we want to stay, at, uh, uh, I guess, a tightly knit team because that's the way it works. We'll never be a big corporation where we have hundreds of people working for us because that's that will never that that just wouldn't work with the way WTF one is. We're about we're about the fans. We are fans. We say what we want. We're we we sometimes get accused of being biased but again we we aren't a traditional news outlet where we will be saying completely on the fence stuff because that's boring and and yep. and that's not what we're about i'm very much as you've heard many many times uh a Charles Leclerc passionate not fanboy tommy's a damon hill fanboy slash max verstappen and that that i think in itself is a, is a fresh way of still being able to report the news that's what we do you know we still let you guys know of what's going on but we also have opinions and and that's 
I think, what will always keep us different to, to the other news outlets. Yeah, exactly. We're not afraid to say our thoughts on when a race is boring or when a race is absolutely incredible. And that's exactly how we run our content. So here's to many Indeed. more years. Here's to many, many more years because I genuinely could not go back to a normal job now. Just so you oh, know, God. I genuinely no. could not. Uh, that's it. This is it now. I am in F1 now for life. I, I will, even if it's me sitting outside on benefits, I'm still very much uh, going to be half. I just need the F1. I just need F1 in my veins. Yeah. Uh, agreed. So, yeah. Agreed. Cool. We'll both be F1 people for life. That sounds good. Uh, right. I think that's pretty much it. I think we're it done, is. Tommy. Yeah, make sure you we watch our stream on Friday. Yeah, Friday the 5th of June, probably from 5pm BST, UK time. We will be starting our endurance race. If you just want to watch the F3 race, which is with the celebrities, drivers, etc., that will be from 7.30, I imagine. The stream will be going live, 7.15's practice. Uh, but, yeah, we'll go live probably just before qualifying, which starts at 7.50 BST. That's 5.0. So that is it. Make sure you check out Beer 52. Uh, that has sponsored this podcast as well as obviously checking out our YouTube channel as we've been talking about for the last half an hour and also the fact that we're live streaming on Friday for our amazing charity event uh, where we're raising money for the Royal Brompton and Harefield Hospital that looked after Tommy's brother-in-law before he sadly passed away last year. Uh, there'll be some more information about that on our social media, so make sure you check out that. But uh, that's pretty much it. Tommy, anything to add? Uh, no, just... Well, head to WTF1.com as well if you want a kind of summary of all this charity stuff, why we're doing it. You can win prizes and get involved in the racing as well. So uh, from from my side of things, obviously, it's a charity that means a lot to me and I would love to raise an absolute fortune for them as much as possible because they need the money. So, yeah, we're going to have a, a lot of fun doing the stream, probably some forfeits as well. So Definitely yeah. some forfeits. Yeah. Including times. one that might be a permanent tattoo on you, Tommy. Oh, but yeah. we'll, we'll get into the details on that. But uh, that's definitely one that's going to be up there because, yeah, yeah. it's a good, so, bit, good bit of fun. Yeah, help us raise money. If WTF1 has meant a lot to you and stuff, we would we would very much appreciate, really appreciate you. This is support. what we uh, even if it's just to, watching yeah. the stream. Yeah, that's, you don't you don't have to donate. Exactly. But we, we would we would love the support. So yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you hopefully on Friday for the uh, charity event. On, live on our YouTube, remember that. And also it'll be on the Race YouTube channel if you want to watch the official commentary and broadcast as well. But yeah, just check out our YouTube channel. You'll see it there. Premiered probably a day or two before. Right, thank you so much, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bovril. Oh, God. I can't sweet. say Bovril, can I? Because Dan's not here. Beefy, basey. Yeah, so exactly. that time when. My bad. Shocking. Bye. Bye.